Welcome to Dad Static, episode 47. Today we have a special guest, Archer Pawlowski, a Polish immigrant and pastor up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, he's been feeding the homeless for years through his ministry and his church, uh, but came under great fire from the Canadian government over the last couple of years from keeping his church open during COVID. Uh, sit back and listen to his story. It'll help you, uh, I think, It'll help you just kind of realize just how how precious our freedoms are, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, freedom of speech truly are when they can come under attack like they have for this pastor up in Canada. Please sit back and enjoy and share with your friends. God bless. The Dad Static. Uh, this is Tim. Uh, hey, we're here with um, uh, Pastor Arturo. Uh, we pronounce your last name for me, Art. Pastor Art. Pavlovsky. Pavlovsky. Uh, Art is a pastor. Uh, in Calgary, uh, Calgary, Alberta, uh, up in Canada. And uh, if you haven't heard his story, uh, you certainly need to hear this. Um, it's a tremendous story of what he's done uh, as a minister and where he came from. And you'll understand kind of why he fights for freedom and liberty, probably a lot harder than many of us do who's been living in freedom our entire lives. So, Pastor Art, I just want to thank you for coming on Dad Static. Dad Static, we try to just make some uh, noise. We try to speak the truth and share that with everyone. So, um, you know, without delaying much here, just want you to introduce yourself real quick. Tell us kind of where you came from. I knew you grew up in Poland. Tell us what it was like as a child and kind of working your way up to kind of where we are now, kind of still in COVID measures, obviously in Canada, even more so than the States, but, uh, what you've been through to get here. And, uh, once again, thank you for your time, but, uh, the floor is all yours. Yeah. Thank you so much, um, for this opportunity. As you can tell, I grew up behind the Iron Curtain under the boots of the Soviets in a very particular country, a peculiar country, if you will, Poland. Uh, Poland is a, a very interesting country because it's at the center of Europe and it looks like all the villains always want to have a piece of our inheritance, our, our land. So I grew up, of course, learning about history. I grew up right after the Second War where my grandparents um, experienced it. So I've heard a lot from the older generation, not just my grandparents, about the atrocities of the, what the Germans did, what the Nazis did. My grandma escaped from Russian custody with my great uncle and my grandfather escaped from Siberia and they met and, and then the rest is is history. Uh, so I've heard the stories. I've heard the stories from the older generation about what the Nazis did. Uh, I grew up in a city where we had a concentration camp. As kids, we were playing in a German bunkers uh, that were watching over the prisoners. Every year we would go to Auschwitz-Birkenau just to remind ourselves about what a man is capable of if you don't put a check on that man's power. So anyway, there's a lot of history because people do not understand why I am so passionate about freedom. Freedom for you and freedom for me. Freedom for us to choose our paths. Because if I don't have my rights, you don't have your rights as well. It's just a matter of time when the villains will come and dictate you what they like and what they do not like. Also, what people do not understand, or maybe they were never taught, that during the Nazi era, the first victims of the 
of the Nazi party, victims of Hitler, Goebbels, Goering, all those devils were not the Poles and were not the Jews. The first victims of the totalitarian regime, dictatorship, were the German people, good people, a good God-fearing people that just wanted to live their life, work hard and uh, you know, pass on something good for the children. But right. when you oppose totalitarian regime, when you stand against dictatorship, well, you will receive uh, the right of wannabe tyrants. And this is very important. I think people do not understand that right. it's just a matter of just like this, it can be a switch and your own government that you've elected can turn on you because those types of people are psychopaths. They're like leeches and they think they are the pharaohs of today. And you, you are just a social insurance number. You're slaves. So we've got two categories of people. We got the globalists that want to be the tyrants. They want to be the pharaohs of today. And then there is the rest of us, uh, the slaves. So that's very important. When you look at the communism and socialism, of course, I saw that with my own eyes. It's the same concept. 50,000 communists were enslaving 36 million Poles. And nothing is new under the sun, the Bible says. And what we have seen before, we are seeing a repetition of history today. So I grew up in a country that was completely wiped out, economically, uh, psychologically, spiritually wiped Mm -hmm. out by the communists because a totalitarian dictatorship um the wannabe tyrants if you will they want you to worship them is what they say goes logic doesn't matter science doesn't matter biology doesn't matter history doesn't matter nothing matters except what they say because they right. truly believe that whatever they say they're like gods and you have to, you have no choice. You have to obey them. And my, my, my thing right away is like, excuse me, who, you, who do you think you are? You uncircumcised Philistine. Who do you think you are, Biden? Who do you think you are, Fauci? Who do you think you are, Obama, Clintons or Trudeau's or, or Kenny's or Chandra's in my province? Who do you think you people are that you should enslave or try to enslave as free people, according to God, God created us equally, and we should have equal opportunities in this life on the side of eternity. Anyway, uh, growing up in Poland, I saw something that is uh, is absolutely uh, amazing, a fascinating thing, because I saw when the people finally had enough and came together under, under solidarity movement, when finally 36 million Poles um, said pretty much like, wait a second, there's more of us than of them. Why are we subjected to this cruelty? Why they are pillaging, robbing, and raping us left and right? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So they took it to the streets and they literally paralyzed the Communist Party and they did it peacefully. Solidarity movement, civil rights movement, Mahatma Gandhi style, um, like Valenza style, was a, a peaceful movement. It was non-compliance. It was simply people, which is more of us, that simply said, no more, we will not work for you, we will not cooperate with you, we will not assist you in destroying right. us. Because you got to remember the concept of totalitarian regime is only done by compliance. If you don't comply, there is more of us, there is nothing yep. they can do. If enough Americans would take it to the streets and simply say, I will not work for you, I will create a parallel society, well, we're going to do business with each other, but not with right. the pharaohs. It's over for them. It's that's that's how simple it is. So fast forward, 
uh, we end up in Canada and we started our life again. And I was a businessman at first, and then I started to work with the homeless people first part-time, and then when I went to do it full-time. And a first shock in this country that I thought is completely free is the police and bylaws that started to show up in the ghettos where I was feeding homeless, telling me that giving free goods and services is against the law. Distribution of printed material is against the law. I became the first Canadian to be arrested for publicly reading Bible in 2006, and that triggered 10 year long war with a corrupted government. Hey, I won. Let me step in for a second now. I've heard some of your story about this before, but it's trying to, and I knew you're probably going to do this. Explain why in the world would the local government not want you to help take care? Because Americans were very well known for our charity, and I know you guys are as well. Most people just want to help others out. Uh, why in the world would the government not want to let a, a church uh, that's probably most likely many of it is self, much of it is self-funded to give out our donations to give food to the homeless? Why would the government be against that? Oh, it's actually very simple because it's a, a very powerful enterprise. It's all about control and money. If you know anything about homelessness, you know that the government pays the shelters per head. It's like cattle business. The more cattle, the more money is coming, a business flourishes. In the province of Alberta, just one province right. in our country, they are designating $230 million to fight homelessness every single year. And I started to ask a simple question. Where is the money? What happens with this huge amount of of funds and of course we know now that it's being distributed between the CEOs and shelters and uh, politicians. I mean, it's a big fat cow uh, and they need to milk that. When you take to the streets and you start to be successful, just like we were, we took yep. 600 people off the streets in the first three months while someone got scared because we're talking about millions upon millions of money that someone was missing the yep. following year. So it's all about money. Don't kid yourself. Those people are not interested in uh, saving, helping, or restoring those people. It's just big, right. fat business. Well, I think, uh, I, with, think, I think we're dealing with that now. I mean, I don't know, certainly, your take on but our Congress keeps giving billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine. We don't even know where the money is going, and we certainly don't know what it's earmarked for. So I think that's – is that a similar thing that is just going to – what is it going to politics? Where, where is that – ledger sheet that's showing where all this is going as an American American people, we don't know where that's going. So it's sort of a similar similar idea. Is that correct? This, the same thing, the same thing. I mean, um, what you need to create always a nice crisis. When you have a nice yeah. crisis, you can uh, money launder left and right, right. without uh, accountability. And that's exactly what is happening right now. There is zero accountability. They are pushing. Why do you think they have all this wealth right now? Because they have stolen from us, from you. That's how they become uh, wealthy. For example, in Canada, um, the mandates were a perfect opportunity to make trillions of dollars. The government officials owned manufacturing uh, places where they were manufacturing all different things like signs for the COVID and, and you know, right. uh, stickers and all, all kinds of different things are in the hands of a private individuals that work right. for the government. And that's where everything is coming and going. It, it's a big, big, big business uh, politics uh, these days. They are not servants. Don't kid yourselves. No, no. The politicians are no longer your servants. They are your tyrants. 
And you have to, if you want to survive this, you have to bring accountability back to a political arena. We, we have zero accountability in our country, like zero accountability with the courts, zero accountability with the police force. They do whatever they want. They are lawbreakers left and right. They don't follow the criminal code of Canada. They do not follow the constitution. The Charter of Rights and Freedoms that starts with the preamble, whereas Canada acknowledges the supremacy of God and the rule of law, um, it gives us a certain fundamentally guaranteed rights. All of those, those rights are out the window. We have no rights whatsoever. It's what they say. And, you know, they tell us all the time, follow the science, but they themselves do not follow the science. They tell us, follow the biology. Uh, but, of course, now the big thing is that the father can have babies. And when we say anything about it, well, we are the bigots, we are the racists, we are the white supremacists, uh, we, we, we are the xenophobes and all kinds of different things because they have nothing on us. We are good people paying taxes and trying to live our lives right. as best as we can so we can leave something to the next generation. But they, they are the destroyers of freedom. They're the destroyers of economy. They're slave masters and nothing more. So uh, we're in a big trouble. However, again, I'm going back to 1980, 81 and 82, solidarity movement uh, finally uh, came together and people had enough. The government got scared, outlaws solidarity movement, uh, but it had a different effect because the first year we had one million members. The moment the government outlawed solidarity yeah. movement, right. we threw to three million and then a few years later, we had 10 million strong, three times more than the Communist Party of Poland. So uh, that's how you win. You win by uniting together, coming together, um, you know, meeting together. Why do you think that they wanted to isolate us and forbid us from meeting together, either in the churches or hallways, you know, town halls? Why? Because they don't want us to come together and exchange the information. Because how do predators hunt? You have to understand how what this whole thing is all about. They're predators, they're leeches. How do predators hunt? They isolate people to create a weaker link and then they go and they finish you off. Fast forward, uh, we started to fight this corruption in Canada. I became the enemy of the state. I kept fighting, I kept fighting, I kept winning. Over 100 court cases and uh, at that time was 11 arrests. Finally, 10 years later, I had to remortgage my house seven times, but wow. I prevailed. I survived. And they left me be for a few years after huge victories in the courts. At that time, the courts were not as corrupted as they are right now. Then 2020 came and I was the first Canadian to end up with a COVID ticket. They shut down our soup kitchen because we are in the middle of the greatest pandemic. I questioned that. I uh, appealed it. They didn't care. Again, follow the science. But of course, they do not want you to follow the science, because if you do, you know, this whole thing was a man made um, a crisis to take your rights away and to plunder you, because that's what the whole thing is all about, is to plunder you. And they're not even hiding. And that's an interesting part. They go on television. And they tell you, you will own nothing and you will be happy. They're telling you what they're going to do to you. I mean, you don't have to be very smart right now. They are outlining publicly what they are to, going to do with you. What is the plan? Uh, they will pillage you. They will rob you. They will murder 
majority of the people which they started to do. And then you will be extremely happy, of course, uh, according to them. Uh, fast forward. But the attack on the church is very simple because uh, a pharaoh hates competition. The government cannot allow competition. If you're worshiping the living God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, well, then you're not worshiping the CBC reporters. You're not worshiping uh, the, you know, the politicians that right. whatever it comes out of their mouth, it's the law. It becomes the law and you have to worship everything they, they say. Right. So that's why they're cracking on places of worship. It's very simple. If you actually know the strategy, you know what they're planning. Uh, I started to fight this uh, early on. I became the first uh, Canadian to be targeted by the authorities. And I end up with 40 COVID tickets and six, uh, five arrests under COVID. So that was my 16th arrest uh, by the corrupted um, Was this because you kept your church open? Is that why, is that why they were doing this? The whole thing, the whole thing has a number of uh, problems. I did not only kept the church open, I also incited people to come and participate in illegal gathering. I officiated an illegal gathering and I participated in illegal gathering. That's how they're spinning. They said right, the meetings right. are outlawed and you invited people to come in and you participated, you organized it, you're triple guilty. I was arrested with my brother David in the middle of the highway. They used corrupted judges, like one judge, David Gates, gave them the power to enter our church anytime they want with whomever they want. Then the, another corrupted judge, um, Rook, uh, gave them the power to arrest child, men, women, anywhere within the province of Alberta. If you don't wear a muzzle, if you don't social distance, if you don't, if you have someone for coffee at your home, at your home you can be arrested according to this judge. And then the Germain came. Um, Germain is the judge that found us guilty with my brother David and gave him us the compelled speech. In other words, what they want to achieve, and that's very important for Americans to understand, right. they want you to be terrorized and scared to a point that you will repeat the lie. Um, remember during the Nazi era, everyone had to do Zig high. Everyone had to uh, have a, a swastika on their uniform or outside sure. the churches uh, because they it was fear it was terror if you were not part of the nazi party then then you were a walking target communists the same they did the same thing Mao Zedong right. commanded his people to wear a placard with a party line so what those judges did they wanted to turn us into a cbc liars and propaganda machineries for the government for their for their fake pandemic um, and we refused you know, so because we refused it was an international story um, we have become even a bigger bigger target so we were arrested again then I was arrested again and then the track convoy came and the track convoy was the most amazing beautiful thing I've ever seen in nice, Canada nice. the unity the flags the um, the families coming together, it didn't matter what color you have. It didn't matter if you're rich or poor. It didn't matter, uh, you know, your Cree. What mattered was that we all came together for one purpose, for unity and freedom. We right. came united. And that was unbelievable. Over a million people participated in a freedom convoy. And I was asked to become uh, the freedom pastor. Freedom right, Convoy right. Pastor. So yeah. I did a series of churches, 
church meetings for them, services, Lord's suppers, music, and that was no different in Milk River and in Coots. Coots is uh, a border, Montana and Alberta point of entry. I was invited to be there and to right. conduct the church service. I gave a speech over there reminding people that this is a peaceful protest, no guns, no swords, solidarity style sure. movement, um, like in a shipyard in Gdańsk with Lake Wałęsa. Later on, I was accused of inciting people to commit acts of violence. I was charged for terrorism and um, interfering with the crucial infrastructure under the Defense Act. And they pinned on me a number of other other um, offenses like mischief over 5,000, breach of probations, all, all kinds of uh, and huge amounts of money. Uh, so and then RCMP. RCMP is like your FBI. So. RCMP yeah. was waiting in undercover cars outside my home. Um, and then when I stepped out, it was a gong show. It was like taking down Al Chapel, Al Capone, or Escobar. You're this um, evil, evil person, yeah. Right? Uh, because I'm the most dangerous um, of Canada, most oh, wanted in Canada. So they came with the cruisers. I was so many cops undercover. They even had, believe it or not, they even had a unit with video cameras. So they, there was, it really felt like I am on some kind of a Hollywood set. And, well, you know, sounds, people ask me. Yeah, it, it sounds to me like, they, I mean, this was their own propaganda, I'm, I'm assuming. They're taking this great video uh, footage, almost like docu documentary of you. Uh, now, I know I, di I didn't hear of any other pastors truly standing up to this level. Is that because you think they made such an example out of you that you feel like me, the pastor's, probably followed your footsteps a little bit, but stopped a little short of, of really stepping out there and defying what they really wanted. Uh, you think that's what it was, or were there others that kind of came under the same attack as you, or they used you as the that piece to really as the example, like, hey, you guys, you do this. This is what happened to Pastor Arturo. This is what's happening to you. Do you think that's what they were doing? Yeah, 100%. All of my arrests, except few, were always a show pieces, a theater, right. if you will. Um, and I told them many times, and, and this will prove it to your listeners, I've told them if there is a warrant for my arrest, contact my lawyer. They know for years. Uh, we have lawyers all the time. They know them. They contact them. So it's not like it's a surprise to them. Um, and I, I, I told them, call my lawyers and tell them that there is a warrant. I will have to turn myself in. There will be no need for theatrical drama. I uh, will go in and uh, that will be the end of the story. We'll deal with the legality of, of this whole craziness. Uh, but right. they don't want that. They want theater. So I told them, if you want theater, then you have to do it the Nazi style. That's why I go to my knees. I put my hands behind my back. You want theater? You want drama? You want Hollywood style takedown? Fine. I'll give you yeah. drama. You'll have to carry me uh, to the car and you will have your footage. You will have your drama if that's what you want. You want to play a Nazi game? then be the Nazi all the way and carry me uh, to the car. So that's exactly what I decided to do. And, and that's what I'm doing. If a police okay. officer comes to me and say, hey, Mr. Palowski, uh, there is a warrant for your arrest. Uh, would you step out and uh, I will deal with it? Um, I will not have a problem. But when they bring okay. our record is over 100 police officers and 52 police cars, SWAT team, um, the media unit, the police media propaganda unit, and the right. chief of police at our church service. So when you come with such a big force to a peaceful assembly, 
to terrorize the neighborhood, to terrorize parishioners, to terrorize other pastors, well, then I'm going to do my part uh, exposing. You want to be Nazis, then I will expose you for who you really are. You right. are Nazis, you act like Nazis, you have nothing to do. You see, the police, the, the, the Canadian police are no longer police officers, they're gangsters. They're gangsters in uniforms, they're gang gangsters for the biggest mafia we've ever seen in this country, the government itself. The chief of police is just a mafioso. He's, he, there's nothing to do with law and order, and people have to understand right. that. They call us law, uh, lawbreakers. That's not the truth. I am following the law of this land. I am following Criminal Code of Canada. I am following the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. It's them. They are break, uh, lawbreakers. Therefore, they're no longer police officers. They're no peace officers. They're gangsters. That's what they are. They're muscle for the mafia. The chiefs of police, RCMP, are mafiosos. That's what they right. are. Um, and so that's that's exactly what happened. The takedown of Ardo Polosky was, um, you know, a takedown of El Chapo. I was interrogated for hours and then imprisoned without a trial for 50 days. And uh, I was kept in solitary confinement. I was kept in psych ward later on in metal boxes on concrete slabs. Um, that's what they wanted. They wanted to break me. And in the middle of this, they came with um, an offer. And that's a very interesting. People miss this story. When they right. were abusing their power unlawfully, when they were breaking the human rights international, internationally, um, keeping and doing things to me, they came with the offer. And here is what they said. Mr. Pulaski, um, you can go home if you plead to one charge. Because what they want, they want the front page story. Pastor Arthur Pulaski, the one that became a symbol of freedom internationally. You see, he's a criminal. He admits he broke the law and he is pleading guilty. That's what they wanted. They did this to me and to my family so they can have their story because everything they do is for propaganda purposes. You got to remember, Justin right. Trudeau, this coward, this leech, this psychopath, he just went to Ukraine. Ukraine is one of the least um, per capita people you know, country vaccinated. So they have, I think, 15% of their population vaccinated. And so he's, uh, you know, mingling with them, no muzzle, no nothing, uh, talking with them, hanging around with them. The moment he comes back to Canada, he puts, puts the muzzle on and Canadians are 80% jobbed. So that tells you the yep. level of hypocrisy, right? This, is, this has nothing to do with health. This has nothing to do with people, our families, you know, right. healthy and secured, this is a takeover. Uh, they are taking over Western civilizations. That's what they're doing, and they're enslaving us. That's why they play this theater. Because if this yeah. was truly about the virus, well, in Ukraine, he would be triple masked. Uh, right, because, right. of course, the risk is, is more, uh, in, it's, it's, it's bigger there because the people are not protected. But when he comes back here, he would have only one, for example, because the risk is a lot smaller. But it's opposite. That tells you right in your face this yep. whole thing is a hoax, it's theater. It's not about health at all. Yeah, it's definitely theater. It's posturing. I, I don't think, um, you know, when you talk about you, you, someone like yourself who grew up um, in Eastern Europe under that, you know, certainly in Poland, and you were, you were a, a kid during what Lech Walenza and all that was coming up. 
uh, for solidarity. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that's more important that can carry the weight that you carry about the freedoms that are under attack. And I know you had the opportunity. You, don't, you may not have a lot of time to talk about it now, but I know you got to go down. You were invited, and you wound up spending – you went from two or three weeks to four months down in the States here, I guess going to churches and speaking and letting us let, – uh, well, sounding the alarm, really, that they're uh, – they're coming after our freedoms just the same as they are in Canada. Is that right? That's right. I intended to just be in the States for a few weeks. I had few conferences to do, few churches. and uh, But the reception was so overwhelming. I think for American minds, a concept of your greatest ally, your neighbors in the north, um, the idea that we are truly living behind the Iron Curtain in China, not Canada anymore, but in China, that, um, it was uh, something new because Americans viewed Canadians as peaceful, nice, loving, right. kind people, uh, people that don't want to hurt anybody. But that's not the case right now. Your biggest threat is coming from China that, because they're training Chinese soldiers here. Uh, they're implementing communism and socialism left and right. There is lawlessness. They're trampling people with horses, arrest anyone and everyone that dares to oppose them, imprisoning peaceful protesters, freezing their bank accounts. So that should scare you to death, uh, I'm telling you, because uh, yeah. you will not be invaded from another country. You will be invaded uh, from Canada if you will not rise up and, and put order in North America. I mean, if Americans will not do it, there is no one else that is going to do it. You have yeah. to rise up. When I was in the States, God gave me a vision and he said to me, tell Americans that it's time for this great eagle to rise up once again and start flapping its wings. So God is telling Americans, rise up. It's about time to rise up and stand right. up and keep moving, start moving. Don't just watch. Don't sit on the fence. It's time for you to act, because if you will watch what's happening to northern border, um, right. It, it, it might be too late if you will wake up. So I had a great opportunity to meet amazing people all across your beautiful nation. Um, and I spent four months in the United States of America and I could be there for a few years. I had invitations after invitations to tell my story because it resonated with the people. More and more Americans, their eyes are being opened and they see truly what's really going on. The government doesn't have their best interest at heart, actually opposite. The government is slowly killing them, murdering them by the thousand cuts. Um, so um, I was supposed to be in your beautiful um, you know, country uh, just a month um, right. after I was arrested, but they kept me a few months in prison. And of course, right. right now I am still a prisoner in my own house. I am not allowed to travel um, so I can... I have a, a 12 hours curfew. I have to every day, 7 p.m. I have to be in my house. So I'm, I'm a prisoner still in my own house. And I, I am facing dozens of criminal charges, about six, seven trials as we speak right now. Unbelievable. Well, you know, I, I think we need to wake up. So, but even in Canada, it seems like, do you feel like there's any leaders something bubbling up other ch uh, churches are coming together obviously you have members of your church that i know your church has grown a great deal are there other leaders that you see that's providing some hope like okay we got some guys who they're actually being brave they're going to stand up they're going to quit apologizing they're going to stand up for what's right you do you feel like there's people doing that i know the trucker convoy 
lent a lot to that when you talk about a million people went to Ottawa for that. Do you feel like there's a there is a movement and did more and more people see? I know it's hard because the propaganda of the CBC, all of your uh, government run television up there blocks everything. It's all the theater. Are people starting to wake up, you think, enough to make some changes soon in Canada? hundred percent. The more they do this to us, the more right. eyes are being opened because they're right. not hiding again. At first, people didn't know. At first, some were terrified. And right. I had a lots of people around me that says, well, maybe the, there is some truth into this. Maybe we are in the middle of the greatest pandemic ever. And, and people didn't right. know, right? Uh, but two years later, if you have a brain, if you're brainless, then there is no hope for you anymore. You can lead a horse to the water, but if he refuses to drink, it's it's done, it's over. But if you have a brain, you know by now this whole thing has nothing to do with keeping people healthy and saving our lives. This is um, this is a lie. Everybody knows if you got um, internet, you can find the truth without a problem. It's all over the place. Doctors, right. biologists, scientists, biologists, Everyone is telling the truth. Um, I'm, I'm talking about the people that are willing to tell the truth sure. about what's really going on. So the truth is out there, and the Bible is very clear. The truth will set the captives free. So more and more people are being awakened, awakened. And there is a huge movement in Canada and United States of America as well of people that are rising up, people right. that are willing to run for political office. So I want to encourage every one of you, if you are a good man or a good woman, run for a political office. We need to replace those villains with good people right. so we can charge them for treason later on. We need Nuremberg trials, number two, all over this earth. They Absolutely. need to be charged for what they've done to us. Remember their names. Don't forget. Don't just move. You know, the government says so. it's so fortunate. I think Hitler said that. It's so fortunate for the people uh, for the government that people are so stupid. Don't be stupid. Remember their names. Do not forget. People have tendency to move on with their lives and to forget. Do not forget. Because if we don't make them accountable now, they're going to come right. back tomorrow. Uh, that's we, history. It's not no a, a gospel according to Arthur Polosky. It's history. Those people will come back to finish the job. Don't let them. We have still the power to turn the tide around. We can do it. You have an election in the States uh, in just a few months. Right. And do the right thing. Vote those demon crowds. That's what they are, demon crowds, out of the office. And never, ever vote for those wicked, evil people again. I mean, what's wrong with you? I don't understand. You have to be dead brain. Or you have to be demon-possessed to vote for a demon-crat. I, I don't understand. You have to be really wicked to vote for the liberals and NDPs in Canada. And, of course, the conservatives are now the turncoats as well. They have betrayed the trust. So we need to create new parties, and we need to vote for good men and good women into office so they will become truly our servants, not dictators. Right. In the States, I think it's the... We're the same way. You know, we have Republicans and Democrats, but many of the Republicans are just as bad as many. Of them. They go right along with it, right along with lockdowns, right along with mandates, right along with these silly, silly rules and the lies that keep going. And that's what I said. That's why I started this podcast back in. Uh, I used to serve in the military and being in the military. I'm all about fight for our freedom and liberty. And it has uh, nothing to do um, 
with whatever political party you're in. It needs to be about, hey, we need common sense and we need to get we really need to get rid of so many people that are elected officials in this country in the U.S. that are just so corrupt. And on both sides of our aisle, we need independence. Like you said, we need a new political party. <laughs> we need real people. I mean, our country was started. I think if our founding fathers were around right now, they'd have they would have already started a revolution. To, to that's right. Thing, without a doubt. And same that's thing. Right. Yeah, no, no doubt. And that's what we need. We need it badly because it is it is infiltrated everything down. You know, we know it goes from the politicians to the the big corporations run each state pretty much now. These huge corporations run the states. And then on top of that, now you just said it a while ago, the judges are being bought. And now you have corrupt judges all throughout states and provinces. You can't get a real trial like yourself. You've, you, you're dealing with one corrupt judge after another. How can you have success and how can it be fair and can be justice if you don't have true judges that are there for, you know, they're, they're not corrupt. And that's that's a problem. It is huge. And, uh, you know, of course, your history, um, 1776 taxation without representation. I mean, we see this left and right. We they don't represent us. Um, they're like kings in a castle. They do whatever they want. And, yeah. and we have to stop this, stop the revolving door. You know, in the States and in Canada and other Western countries, is like, if not this party, then it's this party. If not that one, then we go back to the original one. It doesn't work this way anymore. You got to understand those people right. are wicked, evil people. We have to replace them with men and not with the party, not with the color of your uniform, but with what's inside your heart, what's inside right. your your spirit are you good or are you evil if you're evil i don't care if you're republican don't vote for evil why would you yes. vote for a snake like my brother david always says you know art who are we to vote for they're all they're, they're all snakes some yep. of them are a little bit less poisonous but in the end of the day a snake is a snake and it will kill you yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter if it's a you know a viper or a snake or a scorpion really do you want that kind of a person next to your children it's just a matter of time when he's going to hurt you by hurting them as well. So right. we need um, awakening. We need a reformation on every level of on all the seven mountains of influence. So that's right. what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to teach people. I'm trying to speak. I'm trying to tell, you know, I'm uh, writing a book right now about this whole craziness as well uh, of uh, the level of corruption and um and we keep plowing. We're going to support you 100 percent, man. I, I, your story needs to go out. Everybody needs to hear this. I grew up in a church. It's a normal uh, Southern Baptist church is what I grew up in here in Georgia. And um, never once did I truly take it to heart just how important the freedom of religion is. Let's talk about that uh, to be able to um, come together as a community in our church. Uh, the, would I ever think that we'd have our neighboring ally where being surrounded, churches being surrounded by essentially SWAT teams and investigators to try to arrest people who are worshiping freely. Like to me, that's one of the most of, of some of the, the top tenets in America is you know, speech and right to bear arms. But you got to be able to assemble and you got to be able to uh, have religious freedom. And that's you know, under attack. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's, it's fine. It's um, historically speaking, if the freedom of religion goes all the other rights go with it. I mean, historically, if you go back to history, the freedom of religion is the most important of the freedoms uh, 
because if that goes, everything else follows. And I think that's why the devil uh, with his minions like Biden and Clintons and Obamas and all the Fauci's of today, the Trudeau's and, you know, Merkel's and, and Kenny's, why they, why they said they called a church unessential services. You got to pay attention to the wording. Why would right. they do that? Because they understand how everything works. If the churches will cave in, if the churches will compromise, everything else will follow. Um, because, <laughs> because if the government becomes God, then people will listen to their God. That's because true. they will be terrified not to listen to their masters, to their pharaohs, to their gods. So that's why I am, I am so saddened that the churches have not recognized what the whole thing was all about. And the pastors, I'm disgusted by yep. the majority of the clergymen, Catholics or Protestants or Jews. They have caved in and they have sold yep. their soul to the devil for silver coin or they have given up their inheritance for a bowl of soup. And that's one day, one day they're going to stand before the judge of judges. The one that doesn't take any bribes, the one that is not impressed with your titles or your friends. And you're going to be judged for what you have done because the responsibility of a clergyman or someone of authority or influence is double. We will be judged doubly for, you know, double for what we have done how we preach and you know i've heard yes two days ago i've heard of a big pastor here in canada that i was leading a huge congregation and the congregation was holding strong against the mandates until he came on the pulpit and said i took the job and i encourage everybody else to go and take the job and the whole congregation went and did it i'm telling you people are dying left and right there's so many canadians that are hurting physically right now people are dropping left and right heart attacks like we've never seen before suicides we have we have broken records on fentanyl right. um, abuse overdose and suicide and also heart attacks and other things that we've not seen before after the job people are dropping like flies and those clergymen instead of fighting for life have given their parishioners into the hands of a destroyer and they will pay for what yeah. they have done. Mike Marwards, those politicians, those clergymen, the business people, one day they're going to stand before my living God, the, the God of judges, and, he, and they're going to pay. There will come a time that they will have to pay for what they have done. Oh, yeah, I, I agree 100 percent. What you just mentioned is the exact same that's happening in the States. We, we're dealing with the same stuff. Exact same thing when it comes to health issues, uh, clergymen just uh, selling themselves out, uh, corporations selling themselves out, keeping liquor stores open, but keeping churches closed, um, all of that. But your story is one that's got to get out there. Um, and you being an, an immigrant from Poland to Canada, you, you chose to come to Canada because you knew I'd have freedom. I wouldn't be bothered. I could, I could go out and, and build up a life for myself and my family. And you did that. And you were able to do that. And um, and now what you're dealing with now is just hard to imagine. So uh, if you don't mind real quick, got about a minute left. Just leave us with some thoughts on uh, as you know, people down here in the States listen, just to remind us, you know, just how serious this is as far as our government is not what we thought it was and how it's really taken away um, 
the freedoms that I, that I think we don't quite understand how serious it is. If you'll just uh, walk us out with that real quick, Art. Yeah, the enemy is very powerful, very strong. The giants are huge, but I don't want to leave you with them. You see, the evil does what evil is doing always through history. Darkness is darkness. I don't expect darkness to shine for life and freedom. I want to leave you with something else. From the beginning to the end, the truth wins in the end. Yes, sometimes it takes a while. But I want to remind you the story of David. David was a man of a different spirit. He looks at the giant and he sees an opportunity. Right now, Americans and everyone that is listening, please listen to what I am about to tell you. This is your greatest moment in your life. This is your greatest opportunity to stand up, to rise up, to be counted in the army of God, to be found faithful, to be a hero of faith. David would not become a king if he would not be willing to fight first with the, with the bears and the lions and later on with the giant that no one else would fight. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if they would know if they would not be willing to go to the fire, they would not have a testimony. Daniel, we would never hear about this man unless unless he was willing to stand up for his God. And off he went to to meet the lions in a lion's den. Shad, you know, uh, Esther, the story of Esther and Mordecai that refused to bow before the evil uh, minister of the land, the prime minister, Haman, that built a gallow uh, for Mordecai. For such a time as this, and then if I perish, I perish, Esther said, and Mordecai, uh, you know, would not bow before the evil. Do not bow before the evil, because in the end of the day, as hard as it is now, we win in the end. History right. is teaching us that those villains. No, let me ask you this. Where is Hitler? Where is Stalin? Where is Mao Zedong? Where are those, uh, you know, uh, people from Roman Empire or Persians right. or Babylonians or Pharaohs? They all are rotting in hell right now. <laughs> that's that's the end that's their future but our future is different because when you stand with god on god's side your future is spending eternity with him that's right that's what i'm looking forward to so be a man be a woman of god stand up and i'm telling you in the end we win if you want to know more what we do go to streetchurch.ca 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 we feed thousands of people on the streets of calgary we run multiple uh, churches and you don't see me depressed. You don't see me crying. You don't see me suicidal on fentanyl or alcohol. I, I am. I know who I am. I know that I am a child of the living God destined to win. I'm going to win. It's just a matter of, of when. They're going right. to lose. It's just a matter of when. So hold on to your victory and be courageous, be strong and be a hero that the whole world around you is waiting for. Amen to that, man. Hey, Pastor Art, I just want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for your time. I know you're very busy, but thank you again for your message and your bravery. And you're a living testament to so many more people to stand up and fight. And I, I pray that that's something I could do just the same and, and spread, you know, your information, what you've done, and uh, just to be an encouragement to others. Thank, thank you again. You. And I do appreciate your time. And God bless you. And I'll be praying for you and I'll be in touch. Okay. Thank you. God bless. All right. God bless, Pastor Art. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it.